Marin, Acrea, and Sorel have entered into the pine woods in search of a speckled bee, a favor with the promise of great reward. In a den alongside a creek bed, they found it, a furious mass of chitin, claws, and buzzing wings. Will this creature prove a dangerous threat to the trio, or will they make quick work of the insect? Let us find out in Blood Gold. Open on the scene of the forest and this creek cutting through the pine woods. And on one side of the creek is this huge uh, black bee with white speckles tearing through this viney, uh, thorny coverage that's kind of like tying it down to the ground. And then uh, on the other side, is Marin, Sorel, and Acrea, and Marin runs in front of Sorel with her spade drawn, attempting to defend the kobolds from the attack of the bee. Correct. <laughs> and combat is about to start. Did we do objects? We did not. I didn't think so. Do we want to list a couple objects before we get started? And do you remember how objects work? Um, if you use them, you get a bonus. Yes, to accuracy. Mm-hmm. There's probably maybe like a, a fallen tree in the creek. Okay. I'm going to list the creek itself. Pebbles. All right. It's all very creek heavy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say there's a boulder upstream. Oh, let's get one more. Mm-hmm. Um... The sun. Okay. I was thinking about doing the sun. I think I did the sun last time. (laughs) The sun, listen, sunlight is a good one. So we have uh, on this scene, there's there's this creek cutting through that's kind of like dividing the two of you. There's a fallen tree sort of like very nearby upstream a little bit. There's a big boulder that the creek is kind of like coursing around. Uh, and then there are the pebbles that line the two shores of the creek, and I imagine, like, underneath the creek as well. And I believe with my uh, Ryujin, I think we can double that, but we can, I think the way we'll do it is in combat, we can check more off. We can come up with stuff. So, Marin, you used your first action to defend Sorrel. Yes. Well, to defend. Yeah. Um, and the way that works is if the speckled bee attempts to attack someone else, you can instead choose for it to attack you. Right. What is the speckled bee going to do first off? This speckled bee, uh, I think it's just going to, I think it's uh, going to attack Marin. So Marin, you are, I think you're closest, you're it, like up against it and it's going to attack you. Uh, I think it's still sort of stuck in these vines. And, you know, let's add the vines to the objects list as well. Well, do they count because they were a magical magic? Yeah, but I think they can still be used. They're there. Okay. Uh, And it's kind of like tangling in these vines. And it is going to, I think, reach out 
with its with its front like B legs and try to grab you and pull you close so it can get a good bite in. Okay. And so I'm going to roll for accuracy for the B. That is a nine, which hits just barely. Okay. Uh, so it reaches out and it's gonna grab you and, and kind of and scratch at you with its legs and try to pull you in for a bite, which is going to deal <laughs> one damage. It deals no damage. Yeah. So it doesn't. You want to describe that a little bit? Um, well, one because I'm defending. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm being attacked, it's whatever the damage is minus one. Um, but I've got my leather armor on as well. Yeah. My vest. My very cool vest, which I feel like is the perfect leather armor. Um, I think, I, I mean, I think it's just too tangled up in the vines. I don't think it, I think it's reaching out for me, but it can't quite get me. Like it might be, it might reach my vest, but it can't get around me. Yeah. It like scratches at your vest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next is Sorel's turn. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> Why, unfortunately? Um, because the, the, what does what does Sorrel do? What does Sorrel do except hold a b- butter knife? It's not a butter knife. It is a sword with cloth wrapped around the edge. It's not wrapped it's, around. It's around the bit that she holds. The that's tang. It. That's that's what it's called. Yeah. Oh, it's a butter knife. She's holding a butter knife. <laughs> um, and Sorrel is going to use Cobalt's breath. So she's going to use her breath weapon. Okay. So uh, Sorel is an iron brood, uh, which means that she has a force breath weapon. Correct. So why don't you pay that MP for her, which I think might be all of her. Wait, how much MP does Sorel even have? Eight. I don't understand this thing that you've given me, though. Hold on. So using her thingy, it costs four MP. Okay, I got it. I got it. It costs four MP. So no, it uses half of it. Okay, so she's good. Listen, I'm learning how to do this. I'm sorry, guys. This is this is so different from Dungeon World. I just I need a, a and I had a baby, so like be kind. <laughs> it's it's been a very long time actually since we've been in combat. Okay. Uh, I know in the show it's only been like two, three episodes. Uh, in real life, it's been like four months. Yeah, it's, it's been a long time. Um, so a, f- a three. All right. I think Sorrel kind of like sneaks around behind you from your defensive position. And she opens up her craggy maw. And you. this is the first time Sorrel's used her breath weapon. It is a force breath. Mm-hmm. So I think it, I really want to go with smell as as like a sense when she does this. Like rotten eggs? Oh, I don't want it to smell that bad. <laughs> but that's the smell of, like, phosphorus. Sulfur. Sulfur. Phosphorus? That. What does phosphorus smell like? I have no idea. I don't remember sulfur, but it smells like sulfur, and I associate sulfur with dragons, I guess. I think that's fair. Maybe maybe the way force breath weapons work is it's like an... It's a massive amount of whatever, like, propellant gas is used okay. for, for, like, flame breath. Right. And a ver- and very little amount of, like, the ignition, right? So it's, like, she just fills the air. And I think you hear this hiss as, like, her mouth is filled with this propellant gas, mm-hmm. this, this, like, forceful gas. 
And sure, we can make it stink. Um, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't have to stink. It's just what I associate with dragons. I wanted, I was thinking, uh, does rust have a smell? I think so. I think it ta- I think not that it tastes, but I think it smells like pennies. I think rust. Is that th- copper? Yeah, but I think, I'm telling you that in I you, think, in, your mind? in my mind, it smells like pennies. <sighs> See, now, now I'm stuck on rotten eggs. I think, it, yeah, I think it stinks. I think it smells like sulfur. And you, there's then just this little like click in like the back of her mouth, and suddenly you see like this wave of air, like a heat wave almost, fly and and strike the bee, and it uh, it like jerks in the vines, and I think it actually um, kind of knocks the bee a little bit free of the vines. What else does? Oh wait, what do the vines do again? Don't they uh, decrease its? Um, Thorny briar, briars rise from the ground and tangling all in. Everybody in the target area receives a negative two penalty to initiative starting the next round. Oh, right, right. So it was initiative. Okay. Just tangled up in the vines. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah, you dealt... How much damage? Three, did you say? I rolled a three. You rolled a three. So, yep. Where'd my pencil go? Is that how this works? Look at us doing so well. How does damage work? <laughs> So yeah, yeah, you would deal damage minus whatever it's um. Because magic, the cost of magic isn't a die roll; it's the MP. So yep. I, I auto hit with that. Yep. Got it. Okay. I'm getting there, guys. I'm sorry. This has to be so boring to listen to. I apologize. <laughs> It'll get more interesting. Have more faith in our show. I think you know we bring we bring an entertainment value in other ways. In other ways, I 100% agree. <laughs> Asking the question, how does damage work, is not interesting. <laughs> and I am sorry. It's pretty straightforward. I'm I'm finding it very useful to think of this in terms of, like, JRPG Final Fantasy style. I'm going to make you play Final you Fantasy. You would. I have never played any of those games. Ever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you play Final Fantasy VI. <gasps> Ooh, we can play... So, on the SNES Classic, Slight Divergence... We can play Final Fantasy VI, two players, sort of. Oh. And I just beat it recently for Checho, so... Okay. <laughs> I don't know why you're assuming we're going to have time where the both of us can be paying attention to something that's not a baby, but that's fun. And I'll live in this imaginary world. Yes, let us let us play video games. <laughs> let us do that. Rude. Uh, it is Akraya's turn next. It is Akraya's turn. I have a question. Yes. She has a move called Vacation Vitality. The target's health and cheer rise as if they've returned from a long, refreshing vacation. Target receives a plus two bonus to condition. It doesn't say anything about HP, just that it will rise. Uh, I think it's I think it's condition. It's that's only Fuck mechanically. That. <laughs> I mean something that will increase. It says health. Don't use the word health if you don't actually mean HP. Fuck that. <laughs> Fine, she uses her breath weapon. If this if this were a JRPG, we would see Diana like going through all the menu options, trying yes. to see all of yes, us Akraya's moves. Yes, which is something that I do frequently. Like just like, oh, what what magic am I supposed to cast here? What is this thing probably weak to? I don't remember anything ever. Do I want to use a limit break? That's a Final Fantasy VII thing. Uh. <laughs> all right. So Akraya is going to counter with her breath weapon because yes. she's in the back area. Yes. So she's in the back. She's going to cast her breath weapon. Um, that is going to deal her, I believe, spirit, correct? 
Correct. One. Okay. I rolled a bigger die and got a one. I'm sorry. I'm so annoyed. <laughs> so, Akreya opens up her mouth and you hear the, the rising of flames as this stream of fire bursts from behind Marin uh, and cuts at the speckled bee. And I think it's going, it it burns up at the bee and, uh, and, and like, uh, you hear like this sizzling as it burns against the carapace and uh, burns away some of the vines. And I think the bee like becomes free from the vines and starts buzzing around um, and it's kind of like approaching you. And now we're back at the top with Marin's turn. Yes. Um, it's little segmented legs are moving in that very gross buggy way. That's disgusting. Like hydraulics. Ew, stop talking. Ew, stop talking. It's big mandibles. Stop it. Are... I'm going to attack. Stop. Stop describing it. Gross. I'm going to hit it with my spade, but like in a stabby motion. But like in a stabby motion. But like in a stabby. I think I'm back to sound. I'm sorry. <laughs> so Marin is You're going fine. to take her spade, which is sharp. We have, we've established that. I have a sharp spade. Yeah. And I'm going to thrust it into the bee forcefully, if I can. This mm-hmm. is the goal. The goal is to... Thrust it forcefully into the bee, either gutting it, decapitating it, or taking off its stinger. Oh my goodness. That's the goal. Okay. It depends on where I hit it. So I'm going to first roll to see if it hits. Yep. And you roll accuracy check. I, I roll an accuracy check, which makes sense. And I definitely know what I roll for an accuracy check. Don't don't tell me. I know what I roll. I don't know what I roll. What do I roll for an accuracy check? So the weapons will determine which stats you use for that your accuracy check. That makes more sense. That makes more sense. It even says it. There's a little column, and I just didn't... It didn't make sense. Okay. I rolled an eight. All right. So that's definitely going to hit the B. Okay. And then I do my damage. And which is also listed with the weapon. It is also listed with the weapon. Yes, it is. Good job. That's right. So my damage is my strength plus two, and I rolled a five. Okay. So that's going to deal seven damage, which if I can do math. Do you want to describe striking out at this bee? I already said. I want to try. I'm aiming for wherever it is. I don't know where its body is in relation to me, but my goal is to decapitate it, to gut it, or to take its stinger off. Okay. So, But I don't know where it... I don't know how... I know it's a six-foot body, but it's flying, and I don't know my angle, and I'm not... I'm bad at roleplay. I don't know. No, no, you're great. I think it's, it's like, above you, and you, you're in the creek, and it's it's kind of, like, flying towards you above you. And I think it's definitely within striking range of right. your spade. So I think you strike up with, with your spade, like, towards its neck, and you cut into its carapace, um, and you hear it. It lets out this, like terrible buzzing sound i hate those words you use (laughs) carapace uh and there's there's this disgusting crunch as the as the spade pierces the carapace and crunches through that that shell oh god this creature needs to die soon and it it's going to act next so i think it's actually going to it is going to fly up and position itself like in front of the sun blinding you slightly as it attempts to get its its stinger into you. It's going to strike out with its stinger. So I am going to mark off the sun as an ob- object. 
and I'm going to roll my accuracy plus one. And that is going to hit. It strikes out with its stinger. And this is potentially going to be bad because it's going to deal d6 damage with its stinger. Hmm. And that's a one. Oh. So, again, nothing. Good, 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 good. But then it deals an additional d6 damage hmm. for its poison. Hmm. Does it have to? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Two. Uh, which is it... not mitigated by armor. So, like, it, it gets me. Yeah. It got me. So, the, uh, the stinger pierces through your armor just barely to a point that you, like, only feel like a, a, a graze, right? But you feel that like a hypodermic needle, almost like this warmth spread out from, um, I'm going to say like your arm, like your shoulder area, as this warmth spreads out. And it's slowly turning from like a warmth to a burning, like this like very painful burn. Um, so because it's a poison, does it affect me the next round as well? No. Okay, so it's a one-time poison damage? Yep. Okay, and then it is Sorel's turn. Yes. I would like to move over to the boulder. I would like both of them to do that. Akraya and Sorel? Yeah. Okay. So, um... I don't know if that makes it the back area or not. No, the... Uh, well, do you want Sorel to move to the back area? Is that what you... So, no, no I, just want the, I just want the boulder to be near me so that I can use it later. Okay, you, you don't have to declare that. I'm saying me. I mean Sorel and Akraya. Yeah. You don't have to... So, Sorel can still make a move. Oh, okay. So, movement is only for the front area or back area. Oh, oh, okay. But, okay, so, the, but the boulder isn't contingent on one of... In, yeah, no. Okay. Clearly, I don't play games like Dungeons & Dragons. I play more theater of the mind. No maps. <laughs> maps are weird for me. Yeah, this combat is interestingly crunchy. This whole game is interestingly crunchy, and I'm just not used to crunchy games, so I apologize for the learning curve. Yeah. I want Sorrel to stand on the boulder and stab the bee, because that feels like what Sorrel would do. It does. That- and in fact, I was debating... So we've talked a little bit about like control of a crayon Sorrel, and I'm, I'm considering... One thing I think I would like is to give you default control, but have them kind of sometimes act on their own because that's very in line for the kobolds like they're independent creatures but they know that i have the experience so they're going to follow along yeah makes sense to me so and i'm wondering if we need to mechanize that or just do it i'm not sure we'll we'll figure it out i mean i think you you could just be like no that's not something sorrel would do sorrel does this instead no i don't want to do that i would do it (laughs) but this feels very sorrel sorrel is um going to like i think the fire at first like her first move was fire and i think that that was like a like a holy fuck there's a giant ass bee in front of me yeah like very loud very big um so there's the fire but now she's got her bearings and she's like i'm brave i'm going to stab it yeah and i especially once she sees the bee attack you like i think the the next logical thing that Sorrel does is climb up on the boulder and try to jump and, like, yeah. attack this bee. That's exactly right. So why don't you roll accuracy? Okie dokie. 
Hello again, and welcome back to Heart Points, a one-to-one RPG actual play podcast. I am your husband and GM, Zach. I am your wife and player, Diana. And this is episode 10 of the Blood Gold campaign. How are you, my darling? I am doing better, because the holiday season is upon us. Yeah. (laughs) I love the holidays. Uh, Yeah, you do. All holidays. All holidays? Well, yeah. I don't think there's a holiday I don't enjoy. I especially love the holiday season, you know, the Mm -hmm. winter holiday season, but I don't think there's a holiday I don't enjoy. I even like holidays that I don't celebrate. I just enjoy holidays. I like them. I like the festivities of it. Okay. All right. All right. Mr. I sing Christmas songs in the middle of July. It's because they are, they are earworms. They are. And they get stuck in my head, but during the actual winter holiday season, I don't want to hear them. Right, because they're everywhere. I mean, I never want to hear them, but they get stuck in your head, and they're just there all year round. He sings jingle bells, like, as we're going out to our car, in shorts and flip-flops, because it's July. But come slightly cold weather, that music is, like, banned from our house (laughs) until I... Until I give up and I'm just like, I'm playing it and you can't stop me. It is. I do. I do try to fight against Christmas music as much as I possibly can. I just enjoy a good snow themed song (laughs) and lots and lots of jolly. I don't know. I like I like the holiday season. I'm a fan. I like Thanksgiving. This is not just a Christmas thing. I like Thanksgiving. Food is delicious. I'm a big fan of Lots of holidays. I expect that I am going to have a better appreciation for many of the annual holidays now that we have a small goblin to enjoy them with, because it won't be about me enjoying the holiday. It will be about making sure that the goblin enjoys the holidays. So I suspect that I will have a greater appreciation for them now that we are building our own family's traditions and uh, going through them with the goblin. So I... I hope that I'm going to become less of a humbug poopy pants. <laughs> I would love for you to be less of a humbug poopy pants, but I'll be honest, it's part of your character and it would be weird if all of a sudden you had a rewrite about who you were. <laughs> it would be a little weird. Well. You are the straight man in this household come the holiday season. That's true. I'm the curmudgeon. So, Blood Gold. Blood Gold. We uh, have gotten to our third combat. This is our third combat now? That feels right. Right? We had the Arbor Raptors. Yeah. The Cedar Rex. Yeah. And now the Speckled Bee. Yes, that is correct. Yep. And, uh, you know... I'm, get, s- I'm getting better at combat, I think. You are, Yes, you are definitely getting better at combat. And I'm wondering... We're going to see how, you know, as we're getting better at Ryutsuma, how our conception of Ryutsuma changes... And I'd be very interested in hearing other people's opinions on combat in Ryutama in general, and specifically how we are running combat in Ryutama. Do you want less Ryutama combat? Do you want more Ryutama combat? I've said before that I initially envisioned Blood Gold as like this very like dark, gritty thing, and then it slowly started to evolve into something that's a little more uh, Ghibli-esque. Yeah. All right. And But I'm worried that I am throwing too much combat in there because A, combat is something that I know, and B, the rules of Ryutama actually feel like like there's a lot of combat rules. The rulebook makes you feel 
like you want to do combat, but the combat actually isn't all that in depth. So I'm wondering if I need to change my perception of what blood gold adventures look like. Or maybe you need to change your perception of what combat is. That's true too. Like maybe it's an argument. Like that one game that we played where you escalate. What game was that? Um, It wasn't on a heart points. You're referring to Dogs in the Vineyard. Yes. Where it escalates. Right? Yeah. Like you start talking and then it's like Which talking. Which has just and then... the best conflict. Like, But maybe what I'm saying is that maybe conflict in Ryutama is you get into an argument over the price of barley. I don't know. I We've been watching a lot of Leonard Kenny. So I feel like that's <laughs> kind of where I am right now. I think, I, yeah, I think we're going to we're gonna experiment a little bit more. I also think Torchbearer and like Mouse Guard do. Uh, I love Torchbearer and Mouse Guard combat. Yeah. I think... Out of all the games we've ever played, that's my favorite. That might I might have a huge bias to that though, because it is the first like campaign we've ever played. Well, it's Mouse Guard. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's biased because I think that's just a genuinely like really good combat system. Yeah, and conflict in general because you can abstract it out. But you know, we're getting better at it. We're figuring it out. We're testing the waters. I think you know. I think we're getting better. I'm, we're discovering who Marin, Akrea, and Sorel are, kind of figuring out what the world of soul is like. I'm excited. I'm having fun. I I'm am excited too. too. I am too. So in that vein, we should probably get back to it, shouldn't we? We probably should get back to it, because yeah. I think you're in the middle of a combat with a big giant bee. Yeah. I should probably finish that. Probably. Yeah. We see like Sorrel kind of rushing through the creek and scrambling up the boulder. And then she like jumps up and her makeshift sword over her head is coming down yeah. on the V. Yeah. Legs folded behind her. Yeah. Very dramatic. Seven. Seven uh, plus accuracy. one, right? Because you're using the boulder. So you yes. get plus one yes. accuracy. Eight. Eight accuracy. All right. So you hit and roll damage for Sorrel. Five. All right. So that's going to do it as the bee is kind of tangling with Marin and it's, it's stinger. It's like trying to get its stinger back into like, it, uh, you know how like a wasp will like hang on to its prey and like just try and sting it over and over and over again. Yes. Unfortunately, I do know what that's like. Yeah. It's trying to get you. And Sorel scrambles up onto this boulder and does a leaping 300 style uh, attack on the, on the bee's back. Call back, call back, three hundred. I should watch that movie. It was I, I, it's been a while. I no one needs to ever watch three hundred again. That, it's a half naked Ben. Yes, that movie did not age well. Have you watched it recently? I'm no, sure it didn't age well. But I'm sure it didn't age well. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Just based on memory alone, that movie did it definitely yeah, didn't. I'm, sure I'm it did. not a big Frank Miller fan. I don't think that movie aged well. I don't <laughs> think so either. But I'm, I'm, I don't know what it. I can't remember. And so now I want to watch it. I was going to ask if that movie had... So I was going to ask if that movie had a feminine gaze, but it definitely does not. But it does have a lot of half-naked men, but it feels more like a masculine power fantasy half-naked men yeah. than a feminine gaze half-naked men. Yeah. 300. 300. So um, <laughs> Sorrel brings her sword down, uh, crunches into that carapace, like right on the back of its thorax in between the wings. Can't you just say... It's back 
the middle of its body. Why do you gotta use like real terms? It makes it gross. You hear this and like greenish goo spills out as Sorel and the bee tumble into the creek and the bee is lying in the creek and its legs are are twitching and its mandibles are still kind of moving, but it's it's definitely done for. Its arms are... I have two comments. Yeah. One, PSA, don't kill bees. Don't kill bees. Don't kill bees, PSA. Two, there will be no shutting Sorel up. There will be no shutting Sorel up. Sorel will be like, well, I saved you. And that's going to be terrible. Terrible. Sorel stands from the creek and she has her arms raised to the sky. And she goes, I have destroyed the killer bee. I have slain the beast. Marin, Marin, did you see that? I think Marin rolls her eyes and she's just like, good job. Marin, I saved you. Mm-hmm. Marin. Marin, I did you see me? I jumped off the boulder. Meanwhile, Marin is like grabbing her burning shoulder and she's like, Yep, mm-hmm. While she starts heading towards the lair. Yeah. So I was like digging like she lost her sword in the creek and she so she's like searching for her sword at the bottom of the creek. And I think Akraya walks forward and she like inspects the bee. And uh you're going over to the the bee um, layer. The layer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, it's now kind of like surrounded in these thorny vines, but there's this this big, what do we say, like three foot diameter hole in the side of the creek bed uh, that kind of goes uh, deep into the earth, and it smells very sweet. I go, I do that thing. You're crawling in. I do that thing. Okay. Uh, so yeah, you you start crawling in there and um how does man deal with like tight dark spaces that's a very good question diana is hyperventilating (laughs) but i feel like marin would be comfortable with it i feel like she probably was in a lot of tight dark spaces yeah that definitely feels like something that i don't know you know what let's let's go ahead and give this a test I'm going to say this is a spirit plus spirit test. Okay. And we are going to say that it is, uh, what kind of test do you think this is? Do you think this is a evaluative test? Which means that like, which means the the higher you roll, the better you do. Not necessarily there there is a success or failure. Right. Because it has been a while. I'm out of practice. And there was a traumatic event in which is the cause of me stop. I phrased that wrong. I have a traumatic event in my past that made me stop doing my work before. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, let's let's say uh, this is an evaluative test with a spirit plus spirit to see how you do climbing into this dark, small hole. Okay. Six out of a possible 12. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, yeah, you're okay. Let me see. I think I do want to do something rude. So you rolled a six on that uh, getting through. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a status effect. Okay. And the status effect is exhaustion. And it is an exhaustion four. So the way that status effects work is that they don't, is that they affect you if your condition is less than the status effect. Okay. So what is your condition right now? Seven. All right. 
So the status effect isn't going to affect you today, mm-hmm. but it could affect you tomorrow if you don't treat it. Right. Right. So this exhaustion, uh, the way exhaustion works is it uh, reduces your spirit by one die size. Yeah. The status effect is exhaustion, but really what this is, is it is, I think it's manifesting as sort of like an anxiety mm-hmm. um, and a stress, right? It's stress on Marin. Right. She just got stung. Her shoulder is like burning and it's all, it's like starting to swell up. You can tell it's localized to the area and it's not spreading any further than your shoulder. So, you know, you're going to be fine, but it's, it it hurts really bad. Right. You're in this damp, dark space, crawling in like down deeper. And as you climb down, you, the smell becomes stronger and stronger. Um, until you reach uh, this this bottom, and you you uh, I think Marin like reaches her hand out, and she feels this like waxy wall uh, around the edge of the of the tunnel. As she like reaches out, her hand like punctures this wax, and you feel this like goo kind of coat your hand. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna ask a really dumb question. Mm-hmm. Do bees lay eggs? They do. Do bees lay eggs in honey? No. Okay, so I don't have to worry about offspring. No. Okay, so I found the honey. That's what I wanted to do. Do I have enough space to turn around and crawl back out? Uh, You can't turn around, but you can... Crawl back out. Yeah. Okay, so I crawl back out. Uh, And as you crawl back out, you see that Akraya has kind of like pulled the bee out of the creek. And she's like inspecting it. And Sorel is standing up on the boulder with her fists on her hips. And she's like, did you see that? Did you see how strong I was, Akraya? I defeated the bee in one single swing, striking down on its back and crunching it beneath my mighty sword. And Akraya's like, mm-hmm, yes, mm, yep, mm-hmm. Akraya, uh, I, I actually, I think Sorel notices you climbing, uh, climbing out. She goes, Marin, Marin, Marin. Did you see? Did you see what I did? Did you see how great I was and strong and powerful? I did. And our journey is not over. You will need to be strong and powerful yet again. We got to get this honey. So you're going to have to crawl in that hole at some point. Ah, yes. Retrieving the spoils of our victory. Yeah, we're going to go back to the farmhouse, grab some jars. You're going to crawl in that hole and get me some honey. Very well. (laughs) And Maren rolls her eyes. Because... (laughs) She played along for as much as her patience would let her play along. So she rolls her eyes and she just starts walking back to the farm. Uh, I think Akraya is like, what should we do with the bee? Leave it? We just leave it here? What are we going to do with a bee? Uh, Could it have useful parts to it? How are we going to bring it back right now? It's just the three of us. The three of us could carry this bee. We're not taking the bee. And then she starts walking. She continues walking. She never stopped walking, actually. She just continued walking. Akraya runs up beside you, and she's like, I have to admit, I find that your methods uh, seem very wasteful, Marin. I expected a little bit more respect from the great Wyvern Slayer. Respect for what? For the world around, for the things that you slay. I'm leaving this bee, other animals will eat it, other creatures will get their nourishment from it, and my job isn't to be respectful, it's to murder. And to get you to that mountain safely. 
I just thought that there would be some nobility in your skill set. And I thought I would be on my farm, farming. The world is full of disappointment. <laughs> Anyone telling you different is trying to sell you something. I think Akraya stops and turns and she goes, Sorrel, come on, we have to keep up. And Sorrel rushes to catch up with the two of you. And she's still swinging her sword about. Of course she is. She goes, Mayhaps I will call my sword Beastlayer. And that will be its name. Or the Bee Stinger. Or the Sting of the Wasp. Or, um, hmm, uh, Carapace Cruncher. And the three of you make your way uh, through the forest back to the, back to the farm. Question, do you know how to get back to the farm? I feel like Marin would. If I got us to the creek, I know I was following a trail. That's true. I think, yeah, but I don't I think. think... I, I know I was following a trail, but I think I would be able to. I would at least know the general direction. Yeah. Um, but you are kind of feeling that stress. Yeah. And also feeling uh, that sting and mm-hmm. seem a little frustrated. So I am going to ask you to make a... Uh, we're going to do a similar, or let's do a difficulty check with dex plus int. Okay. Seven. I didn't give a difficulty. I forgot to. But I think a seven's going to hit. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. The three of you make your way back to the farmhouse, to Burns and Icky's farm, and... Uh, as you kind of pass through the uh, the edge of the forest, you see Burin with his uh, woolly oxen, and he turns to you and he waves, seeing that you've returned. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Ryutomo was designed by Atsuhiro Okada and translated into English by Matt Sanchez and Andy Kitkowski. You can find more at kotohi.com. We want to thank Zach B., our editor and producer. Without him, this show definitely wouldn't get made, but also you would have a much lower opinion of us. So thank you, Zach B. We also want to thank In Love With Ghost for the use of their song, Chilling at Nemu's Place, off of the album Healing. You can find In Love With The Ghost at inlovewiththeghost.bandcamp.com. Please make sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, other pod things, or, you know, wherever you get your podcasts, the air, a bird. It means a lot to us and it helps other people to find us. I don't know, maybe you have a pigeon. Maybe carrier pigeons came back for you and they carry a flash drive with podcasts for you that you can rate and subscribe. I don't know. I'm not trying to yuck your your life. Like, you do you, bae. Just like if you can write and subscribe, please, and thank you. I want I want to get my podcasts via Carrier Pigeon <laughs> on a flash drive. That sounds delightful. <laughs> Could just set up a little coop outside my window. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HeartPointsPod. Please follow us and join us for discussion about RPGs and podcasts, and make sure to share us with everyone you know, especially your RPG-loving friends. Thank you so much to our patrons whose support keeps the show going. If you would like to become a patron of the show, 
find us at patreon.com forward slash heartpointspod. You can directly support the show and help us maintain it and better it every week while getting cool rewards like access to our patron-only Discord, a monthly bonus pod, and other things. Every dollar makes a huge difference and means a lot to us. It does. I want to reiterate, we said last episode that with COVID and everything, Heartpoints probably would have folded if we didn't have the support and love of our patrons. Um, It's not even so much the monetary support, although that has definitely kept the show alive. Um, But it is like y'all being on the Discord and talking with us and telling us how much you like the show and interacting with us has has really kept the show alive in a very difficult time for us. So we just want to thank all of you so much. We are restarting the patron things starting next episode. So if you want to join and become a patron at the D6 level, you will get a Pega title and become a fit, an official Pega in the world of soul. And uh, otherwise, at the D4 level, you'll still get a shout out and everybody who is a patron gets a shout out. So please check out the Patreon, consider joining and supporting the show. It means the world to us. And thank all of you again for joining us in our adventure today. We hope that as you return back to the real world that you continue to have a very nice day. But like, very, very nice one.